Hello, Seventh-day Ascendus children, to the Indigo children. The unofficial tool podcast discussed that goes elbow deep, overthinking, and analyzing tool songs. Keep in mind that this podcast is unofficial, that these are my opinions and will involve some speculation with a large hooker with a penis-sized serving of facts. There, that was better, wasn't it? I told you guys I'd get better at this. Now, I know I said I was going to talk about Problem 8, and I'm excited to do that. But guys, something really exciting happened. Adam Jones, the guitar god himself, came to Nashville to the Gibson Garage, a signing event there. So I'd like to talk about meeting the guitar god Adam Jones himself and show you footage of a fierce showdown of a game that I made up called I Know the Pieces Fit. Tool Trivia, a new game developed by yours truly, me. The new Tool Trivia game, I Know the Pieces Fit, will feature color commentary by Tom the Weatherman, your contestants and new friends, Eric Trojani, and Keith from Schism, or Lefty Adam Jones as I like to call him. And these new friends, these contestants are potential Seventh-day Ascendist if Amish Maynard likes the taste left in his mouth afterwards. Eric Trojani is from the Facebook group, The Tool Collective. And Keith is the guitar player in the Tool tribute band, Schism, that's been together for about 20 years now. So instead of the mythical hidden song, Problem 8, I'm going to talk about the second single from their first full-length album, The Almighty Undertow, Prison Sex. I'll give you a few minutes to go listen to it right now. One eternity later... I know, awesome, right? Some dark subject matter, to be sure. But instead, I want to look at this song from a different angle, under a different light, so we can hopefully kind of almost see it for the first time. But before we get into that, here's Tom with the weather. Thanks, Jeff. Well, as you can see, right before my very eyes, I'm watching the weather change. There was an initial forecast of heavy rain, and after an initial downpour on my way to Nashville today, it has cleared and we've weathered the tempest. Today in Nashville, Adam Jones, the guitar god himself from Tool, is holding a signing event at the Gibson Garage. And I'm hanging here with these OGTs in line on our way to meet the man himself. And I know that you promised your listeners, and you made a promise to yourself, to wear the steampunk goggles the entire four hour wait in line because you're a weird fuck. Tom, I'd just like to remind you that we are the same person. Oh, right. Well, regardless, it was awkward as hell and we didn't know where to park when we first arrived so we had to drive around the block a couple times with everybody waiting there in line watching us like fools. By the way, what do you think of my shirt? But they were all very cool OGTs, and why can't you wear steampunk goggles to a Tool event? Why can't Tool be fun too? All manner of costumes are permitted at a music festival, and all manner of costumes are permitted at Comic-Con. Why can't Tool be fun too, I ask? But luckily these OGTs were some very cool folks, and they even played a round of the new Tool trivia game I know the pieces fit. 
tool trivia, where everyone's a loser and all questions are answered wrong, even if you got it right, because Maynard hates us all. So regardless of being a loser, no matter the outcome, these OGTs were down to play some tool trivia, and later you'll see a fierce showdown between two losers playing tool trivia. I know the pieces fit. Back to you, Jeff. Thanks, Tom. And before we get into the lyrics of the song, uh, I'd like to talk about the video. Adam Jones directed this stop-motion video with Fred Sturr, who also directed the Sober video. I have a YouTube playlist of other videos of his, uh, The Prison Sex, Sober, The Three Little Pigs, and uh, there, there was a Dio video, and, or Danzig, I don't know, it was one of those, but, but The Three Little Pigs by Green Jello, and The Godfather of Tool, Bill Manspeaker. To hear more about Tool's history with Green Jello and Bill Manspeaker, go listen to the first episode of the Disgustipated podcast. Now, remember that before and during Tool, guitarist Adam Jones was working in the film industry, specifically in Hollywood set design, makeup, special effects, and sculpting movie monsters. Working on Jurassic Park, Terminator 2, Nightmare on Elm Street, Predator 2, and Batman Returns. Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. This otherworldly and menacing stop-motion video contains no graphic violence or sex, but instead features monstrous creatures to convey the manipulation, confinement, abuse, and hopelessness of the young protagonist. After this video, the record company asked Tool to not make any more stop-motion videos if they were not going to also appear in the video. But Tool fought the good fight and pushed against the record company in this. According to Adam Jones and Revolver Tool Special, contractually, the record label was supposed to talk to us about any sort of publicity stunt they pulled on our behalf, especially with us paying for part of it. But without telling us, they made little kid t-shirts for the single Prison Sex with our Tool Wrench logo on there, which is actually a phallic symbol. So the record label is going to send the shirt to all the radio stations because Nirvana did that with one of their songs, and we're going... Well, first off, you didn't even talk to us about this. And they went, no, you don't understand. Nirvana did this, and it was a huge hit with radio. And Maynard goes, do you know what that song's about? It's about getting fucked in the ass as a little kid. They never sent the shirts out. So like I said, I wanted to talk about this song under a different light. I know that there's abuse, child abuse themes. There's some pretty dark stuff in there. But I wanted to talk about the use of religious imagery in there. Do unto others, so do unto others. We all pass a version of our belief onto the next generation. It's usually shown to us as children, and we integrate parts of it into our life, and we usually shed other parts of it. I know uh, when I was a child, I was raised Jehovah's Witness, and I had to sharpen my bullshit meter to really sort through what was good and what was bad about that. I feel like it really strengthened my ethics as far as not lying, but there were parts about it, the shame and the, let's say, the part where everybody else in the world is wrong except your religion. That part never struck me as right because we're born into, uh, we don't choose where we're born. 
we're just handed beliefs from the generation before us and the the place that you're the place that you're born really dictates which religion is shown to you at that age and the religion you're shown at that age is generally the one that will stick with you the most because you're vestal and formative so he says my head my hands bound my head down my eyes closed my throat wide open hands bound in prayer with the head down and eyes closed throat wide open could be uh, speaking prayer out loud or speaking aloud in church in unison or just you know catholic tomfoolery or it could be the crucifixion of christ his hands are bound his head is down and his throat's wide open possibly also in prayer or just i'm treading water jesus walked on water treading in his sandals I need to sleep a while. Three days before the resurrection, he could be, it could be metaphorically sleeping. I need to sleep a while. I need you to feel this. I can't stand to burn too long. Fires of hell, the belief that Jesus died for your sins. Blood and flesh can be trusted, and only this one holy medium brings me peace of mind. It could be referring to sacraments or the unleavened bread and the wine. You know, that ritual that, where they passed that around, the blood of Christ, and this is my flesh. The prison sex lyrics could be summed up, at least thematically, with the lines, Do unto others what has been done to you, and the cycle of abuse. I've come round full circle. The biblical phrase is, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Tool doesn't have to blatantly say, break the cycle. They just paint a disgusting picture of abuse and specifically sexual abuse in such a disturbing way as to point out that it shouldn't exist and needs to stop. Of course, you have to also see it in context with their other albums and growing and growth and spiraling out and self-spiritual development. And before you guys crucify me in the comments, realize that Tool has several songs referring to religion, some in a negative light, and still, Maynard took some principles of religion, ethics and morals and ritual, spiritual growth, and focused more on the positive aspects of embracing this holy experience of life. Uh, lateralis, in some ways, refers to intelligent design, the belief in something, some meaning in life, some mathematical sequence that I feel like points at intelligent design if you guys haven't seen it yet you guys need to look into the georgia guidestones the the designer the guy that funded the building of these guidestones remains anonymous to this day but if you look through the center of the the guidestones at the first day of summer it marks a perfect year a year is marked every on the first day of summer the sun shines right through the middle of this thing if all the humans died and this structure was left standing and someone were to look through the center of it, they would recognize intelligent design in that. But it would be hard to prove, right? No one would see it except the one who was looking through. And it couldn't be proved, but it has to be known and observed and witnessed yourself. So like I said... There's several songs that refer to religion, 10,000 Days, right into, and you know, religion carries with it a lot of other 
negative connotations. You can't say the word God without it pulling in all these meanings from all these different things that share overlapping themes, but it's just intelligent design. But the cycles of abuse and generally the cycles of humanity that perpetuate generationally can be outlook, temper, manners, or lack thereof, culture, social constructs, social constructs, such as when to lie and when to not lie, like white lies and uh, joke or not joke, when to laugh, when to cry, drug use and abuse, like breathing, so I guess you're still alive, hands hands bound, head down, throat wide open, hands bound and the ritual of shooting up, tying off and injecting the needle. It could conjure up images of heroin abuse, which also penetrates your skin, as in sodomy. It's inside of you. And it's a ritual that is usually shown to perpetuate itself within a group of friends or someone you're close to. You show it to somebody, and then it's a cycle that you didn't mean to start and that it inflicts itself more. So these social constructs, I actually have a pretty hard time with. And I I don't know if I have a version of autism or if I'm on the spectrum. I've had a friend, a close friend of mine, the face behind Amish Maynard. But he said that, uh, he's told me before that I would say, hey, nice peg leg to a guy with a peg leg. And I would actually mean it, but it would be a very awkward situation. You know, it can be taken many ways and it could be something that somebody doesn't want to address. It could be something that they don't mind talking about, but I, it's just this honesty that comes out of me before I have time to think about it. And I actually can't overthink myself too much or I'm trapped in my head. And I do overthink literally everything. Overthinking and analyzing tool songs. But, you know, these social constructs, like you have to be in your music videos, you know, or uh, standing up standing up to authority. You know, actually, you know, I mentioned Jehovah's Witnesses, but Jehovah's Witnesses in Germany were the ones that stood up to the Nazis, or they were one of the, the German... Jehovah's Witnesses stood up against the Nazis in Germany. Now, I don't take any pride in being a Jehovah's Witness, or I don't try to, but that's a, that's a thing that humans do, too. We take pride in something that we had nothing to do with and we're only vaguely related to, like nationalism. I mean, you don't choose where you're born. Although I am proud of this country, I'm proud to be an American. I didn't choose to be here. It just happened that way. And I didn't choose to be a Jehovah's Witness. It was, uh, my mother was actually, Jeho- my mother was Jehovah's Witness before I was born. And th- therefore it was passed on to me. But I never, I never really was a, I wouldn't have considered myself ever a Jehovah's Witness. Because n- I never accepted the dogma. Is Tool Jehovah's Witness? I know Prince was, and Kevin Smith had a whole story about doing a documentary style movie with Prince and then realizing it was meant to be used as some sort of Jehovah's Witness promotional video, like recruiting type stuff, like Jehovah's Witness propaganda, and then they never put it out. Hey, Tom, do you think we could get Adam Jones to do a recruiting video for the cult, the Seventh-day Ascendist? Now that snowball's chance in hell, Jeff. Thanks, Tom. How's the weather out there in Nashville at the Gibson Garage? Well, picture this, if you will. It's more humid outside than a hooker's penis in leather pants. Your steampunk goggles are starting to steam up.
But regardless, the forecast is rain and more rain. But we're going to weather the tempest. See the lightning flash, but don't blink. Thanks, Tom. I work for USPS, and one time a, uh, a carrier, a co-worker, asked me, uh, what's the weirdest animal that I've encountered on the road? And I replied, humans. Humans are fucking weird. <laughs> uh, we have all these social constructs and uh, things that are unspoken, things that you don't necessarily say, or hey, maybe nobody showed it to you when you were a kid. But Or, hey, don't wear a shirt of the band you're going to see live. Uh, putting animals down as humane, even though uh, killing it, you know, even though assisting a human in suicide when their diagnosis is terminal is against the law, uh, which could change. But again, it's social constructs. It's things that could change. It's so weird. My, my daughter recently had a birthday party, and I, in my backyard, I have a shed that has kind of fallen apart. And, you know, when I'm out delivering, I see all kinds of barns, like old barns that are falling apart and stuff. But I have this shame around a shed in my backyard that's falling apart. But why? It's, it's not much different than a barn that's disintegrating and falling apart. Although I guess it is different because I have, I have tools and, and tires and uh, <laughs> what is it called? A washing machine. I understand it's different, but at the same time, it's... It's all in perception. It's the way you think about things. And a shed disintegrating is not much different from a barn. Visually, I actually... I, I grew up in <laughs> in kind of like uh, poor neighborhoods and stuff, like a trailer park. And then we moved out to Tennessee and we lived in uh, overgrown like woods. We were chopping trees down and stuff, trying to make a place to put the house. Or You know, it was a trailer. It was a double-wide trailer. We got real fancy when we moved to Tennessee. But, you know, I've lived around, there are parts of your yard that you just don't mow. You know, there are things, like an island of overgrown grass. That stuff is comforting to me, you know? Same as like a broken down building It's or a silo, like an old rusted silo. Stuff like that is appealing to me visually. But I know there are classes of wealth and worlds that I'm just not familiar with. And that's the uncertainty and the shame of like, hey, should I be thinking about this when I haven't before? Another social expectation, um, the glasses. I decided to wear these glasses to uh, the, the Adam Jones signing, knowing that it could be perceived as weird. But, you know, we go to music festivals. Uh, people all dress up crazy, way crazier than this. And Maynard has worn crazy suits on stage. But, you know, it was kind of hard walking around Nashville with these glasses on, <laughs> crossing the street with blinders on, and then going into the gas stations and stuff. But it kind of made it otherworldly and cool. It was like a little adventure. So I'm not giving it up. I think it's pretty, pretty fucking cool. Someone asked why the glasses? They're prescription. No, actually, they're x-ray specs, and I can see through your clothes and see them boobies. Send more money to 72826 Stink Fist Lane for more information. So like I said, it's hard to distinguish for me the social contracts of things. And the, when, when I was at the Adam Jones Gibson event, they were allowing pictures, but no selfies. Now what that meant to me, the reason to distinguish those two things is because a selfie calls attention to itself. And it takes more time. Sometimes people don't have their camera phone ready and they're trying to, 
they're trying to pose or they they can't get it's COVID time, so they can't get close to Adam Jones. You can't you aren't allowed to get close or touch or breathe or whatever on him. So those are the reasons why you can't take a selfie. There's no time to pose. There's no time to retake the picture. There's no no time. It was basically it was the time of it. But I took a 360 camera with me and I got some pictures with the guys in line with the OGTs. When I got up to Adam Jones, you know, the whole time standing in that line, I was not only getting my poster ready and the guitar out of the packaging, but I was trying to think of a smart question to ask him, of something that I had been dying to ask him, but I couldn't succinctly wrap up in my head what that was. So I walk up to him with this 360 thing. First off, he said, hey, nice shirt. I was wearing my Tool Army shirt. And I said, hey, thanks. And then, like an idiot, I said, 360 picture. That's the problem. What I should have said, and Adam, if you're listening to this, I'm sorry. What I should have said was, hey, I've got this cool 360 camera. I was hoping that you guys would do a 360 video or some VR experience for Fear Inoculum. Before it came out, I was totally convinced that they would have, they would have some sort of VR experience. But I messed up, and I guess that, in a way, makes it a selfie, technically, if you call attention to the picture, but it didn't take any time. It was really quick. It's just a boop, and it's a really awesome picture. You can, you can really relive that moment, and with a 360 picture, you can put it in a VR headset and relive that moment. It's, you know, it's kind of all about perspective of how high you put the picture or whatever. If, you're, you know, if it's down here, you're going to feel like a little child when you're looking through it, but... I've got all kinds of 360 video of uh, like my kids on Easter and pictures from Christmas and videos, etc. But it's really cool. I tried to do a concert once. It was a Smashing Pumpkins concert, but the it was a little too black and then the audio quality is crap. So. And in this very line, it was leaked to somebody that Adam Jones said that Tool would be touring in 2022, which came out as the truth later. And I'm super excited about it. I don't know if I'm going to be able to afford to go, but damn it, it would be really awesome. We interrupt this program to bring you your mom. Tool will tour in 2022. And I know that because you're a future person, you got tickets to the Louisville, Kentucky show at the KFC Yum Yummy Yummy Center. I know that you guys will be picking up some OGT Disgustipated t-shirts to wear in line and discuss all this tomfoolery and silly goose times. But there's also rumors online of a Gibson Flying V, Adam Jones signature guitar. Apparently there was a Sweetwater pre-order that was not listed. But when some fellows on YouTube called in to Sweetwater, they were able to place a pre-order for a guitar that was not listed. Apparently it's in the Sweetwater system. But if indeed he does have a Flying V guitar, that would mean that there's likely a whole new era of Tool music to follow. And he's paying homage and memorializing his epic 1979 Gibson Silverburst, Les Paul Custom, as he moves on into a new stage of his career as free agents. But I think it is just a rumor but we know and it's confirmed that the Tool Tour is not a rumor no more. It's not a rumor, it's sure.
We interrupt our program to bring you this important message. Thanks, Jeff. Well, now on to some tool trivia. And because you're a weird fuck... Wait. I'm a weird... You're a weird fuck? I'm a... We're? We're weird fucks. I'm mixing it up. But anyway, you felt too awkward to do a game show voice in person, but we're gonna do one now. Welcome to Tool Trivia! I know the pieces fit with Eric Trojani and Keith from Schism, or Lefty Adam Jones. Now on this game show, everyone's a loser because Maynard hates us all. But let's see who loses the hardest. What was the name of Tool's first tape-only demo? Close. Wrong. Seven two eight two six. Seven two eight two six. That's right. Fucking so yeah. uh, <laughs> area code, right? Uh, no, it's so actually Satan. It's spelled Satan. Not a touch tone. Dial home. <laughs> the eerie interlude, "Die Ear Von Satan," is actually a recipe for what? Uh, devil food cookies. <laughs> Wrong. Hash cookies. Hash cookies. We got it. Yeah. Yeah. Gein Ier means what? No Don't egg. add the butter. No egg. Wrong! Nine! Egg. No, no eggs. Egg. No egg. yeah. Die ear von Satan translates what? to what? What is it? Die ear von Satan. The name translates to what? The balls. Or the eggs of Satan. Damn, we're all failing this one. <laughs> Everyone's a loser because Maynard hates us all. I made that forever ago. Yeah, it's been a while now. I proof that I did though. Yeah. What is the name of the hidden song on Opiate? Hidden song on Opiate. Oh, okay. Have you either? I had a friend once. She system laxatives. I think that's a math. That's right. How the fuck did I? But that's not the title. Uh, no. Gaping, Gaping Lotus. Lotus. <coughs> Wrong. Gaping Lotus and Experience. That one on, the opiate vinyl. <laughs> on the opiate vinyl, it's a double-sided thing, so it's hidden in another song. Yeah? yeah. So I find it, yeah. I'm learning things here, guys. Which two songs were live recordings on their EP, Opiate? And Jerkoff. Wrong. Cold and ugly no, and I'm, jerk off. Cold and ugly, jerk off. Cold and ugly. Yeah, jerk off. I heard you start to say it. I know. I, I, I don't know the names of the song. I'm like, that's the thing. thing. I know the jam. I didn't know I, which I, would I, be I, the I, hardest I, question. I, yeah. I say my Fisher Price for cool song, cold and ugly. Yeah. I worked at Rick Bucks down there. And they gave way these bootlegs, but they were like uh, campers. And the guy had the art and everything for each band was perfect. And we would give him away with the size of the game. And there was a whole other one. It was early 90s. That's but it'd be like pop, hip hop, you know, everything. And the market was really playing. You know, everybody would get there picking the ones playing. That's how you put that name. Discover Tool? Is that the origin? I guess. That's it. That's it.
Test Beta Podcast. This is Pete from Schism. Hello. All right. We're cool trivia. Cool trivia. Uh, this is a, a game I call uh, I Know the Pieces Fit. Cool trivia. All right. What is the name of the hidden song on Opiate? At the end. <laughs> I'll sing you a bit. Uh, I, I know this Somebody song. Uh, is it Disgusted Baby? No, that's on Undertow. Uh, it's Undertow. Um, um, it's, it's the cry for the carrots, right? Wrong. Gaping Lotus Experience. That's that's Disgusted Okay, uh, Opie, you said, right? Opie? Yeah, yeah. I had a friend once, he took some acid. Prop the opiate? No, that's not The gaping lotus experience. Gaping lotus experience. God damn it! They call it the, the propping. The, yeah, yeah. Uh, I got that one wrong. Okay. It was the yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Which two songs were uh, live recordings off opiate? Uh, jerk Off. Finish this, Finish this lyric. Seems like I've been Seems like I've been here before. Seems so familiar. Dream within a dream. Exactly. Ain't wrong. It seems like I'm slipping into a dream within a dream. Everyone's a loser. Like a dream within a dream. Into a dream within a dream. Yeah. Horrible lyric. That was a miracle. <laughs> He's a guitar player. Give him a break. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give him a break. <laughs> <laughs> What is the name of the other legendary guitar player who was the childhood friend of Adam Jones? Tom Morello. Tom. Eh, wrong! <laughs> wrong! It's Tom Morello. Tom Morello. Tom Morello. What high school did they go to together? Wrong! Except that lady, she got it. Libertyville, Illinois. Libertyville High School. Never got that. <laughs> I would have never got that. That's a hard one. What was the name of their high school band? What was the name of their high school band? Wrong! It was Electric Sheep, based on the novel Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep? Rat salad. <laughs> Rat salad. <laughs> uh, what is the mathematical number sequence that is uh, featured in the song Louder Out? Yeah, <laughs> wrong! Everyone's a loser because Maynard hates us all. What is the name of the fan theory album made by rearranging Lateralis by the Fibonacci sequence? It's bullshit. Bullshit. Eh, wrong. It's bullshit. It's the holy gift. That's no, silly. Never, it's silly. I don't even think I, it's a thing. I, I, I've never People call it the holy gift. I think yeah. it's silly. Oh, eh, wrong. We, I, we were in a movie called you The Holy Gift. You can look it up. Uh, Stefan I'm not going to listen to it. Yeah, there's, there's a guy called Stefan Gazzotti who, who has a movie called The Holy Gift. And uh, Schism's in it. And a whole bunch of, uh, there's another tool band from Chicago that's in it. And it's about the people who resonate with you. So it's awesome. If you have to watch it, I'll look it up. Yeah, you'll like it. It's great. The Holy Gift. The Holy Gift. It's a French film. Is it on YouTube? Uh, it might be. Check it out on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. Or Instagram. Is it on Instagram? Steven Kazadi from France. The Holy Gift. Do you need a mask? I brought my Schism mask. Schism? Shameless plug. Schism is very safe, as you can tell. 
This one's an easy one. Name all studio albums in order. Bonus points for EPs and bootlegs. All the studio albums in order. Bonus okay. points for EPs. Okay, Underdog. Anima. Anima. 10,000 Days. So, Lyra Alice. 10,000 Days. Any bonus? You want to do some bonus? Sure. Well, uh, name other releases they have. The first EP. Oh, the first EP. Oh, no. no. Uh, they had a thousand two eight two six and seven thousand. That was the other one. Wrong. Starting with seven two eight two six, the tape only demo. EP, opiate, undertow, onima, then salable, then lateralis, then ten thousand days, and fear inoculum. Everyone's a loser because Maynard hates us all. Part two. Answer question. Part two. Uh, Sands the glasses because they were fogging up like. <laughs> Tool was scheduled to play Bonnaroo 2020, but COVID took that away. What other year did Tool perform at Bonnaroo? Wrong! 2007. What Lava Blue is this? That was Lava Blue. Yeah. 2007. Who made a guest appearance at Bonnaroo on the song Lateralis? Was it Thomas I've seen guys like Kurt So yeah, it was socially awkward walking up with these glasses. I was actually pretty nervous about wearing the glasses in public, you know, or just... I'm just socially awkward person, man. But fuck it. Embrace your weirdness. That's what I say. Embrace yourself. Be authentically weird. Insufferable tooltard for life. The steampunk goggles added a Comic-Con kind of element to it. It was really fun for me. Why can't tool fandom be fun? Why can't we just Comic-Con it out and be weird together? 
I mean, Maynard used to shave his hair in that silly uh, skullet. It's all about separation from the other, you know, projecting who we think somebody is and who they are perceived as, when actually it's more about stages of your life or behavior at that time. It, it can be about hating an old version of yourself, such as Maynard with the skullet, hating on his uh, stinky fans. I have a quote about that later. When really it's about subordinates and some, you know, I was an, I'm an older brother. And when I, when I was a kid, I used to get really angry with my little brother for following me around all the time, you know, or like trying to do what I was doing or whatever it is, or, you know, if they're not, it's about control. It's about the subordinate needs to behave in the way that the other says, you know, and, and tool, you know, if they say no selfies and you take a selfie, you're going to be frowned upon or, or, you know, tool thinks of themselves as above the fan and they're not wrong, but they're not right either because, it's all different walks of life. They are just artists, and they're some of the greatest artists alive and to have ever existed. But the truth is, they are just humans, and they are stuck in the same cycles of cycles of perpetuating outlooks and perpetuating social constructs onto other people and seeing the others as something other than themselves. When if we were all able to look through each other's eyes, if we were all able to see each other as children, I think it would be a much more peaceful place. Although existence doesn't quite work that way. And part of the experience of life is experiencing the other through your eyes. Basically, you correct your behavior based on input from others. But Maynard, I understand the impatience. The guys from Tool, I totally understand the separation from the fan. And you know, I apologize for one to Adam, and I apologize to the other OGTs in line for my awkwardness. And I apologize to you guys, the listener, for the disorganized information. I'm a little twisted in the brain. I have a lot of thoughts. I wouldn't say I'm stupid, but they're disorganized thoughts. I had a stroke at the age of 20. Um, I had a hole in my heart. Uh, it caused a clot. But I, either way, the, the hole got fixed. But the basically, my brain had to remap itself at the age of 20. And then, you know, like I said, I listened to Tool for 15 years in a factory. But, you know, I didn't have to talk to people in that factory. It was mostly just listening to music all day. I had to relearn how to play guitar. You know, when I had the stroke, half of my body, my right side, shut, was paralyzed. It was my left side of my brain I had a stroke on. It was on my brain stem. But the right side of my brain is what was paralyzed. And you basically remap all that information. When you have a, when you have a brain lesion, you don't, that part of your brain doesn't heal. You just move. You just re, You have to relearn things. My processing of words, my emotions even, my processing of words sometimes fails me. Other times my brain seems to be firing on all cylinders and it's hard to tell when it is what. So I met the amazing Adam Jones. I got this little guitar and um, the, the Witness poster is awesome. 
But he signed both of them. I'll show you the signature on this. So awesome. It was awesome meeting him. It was awesome talking to him. And it was awesome getting this signed. I hope I can make it to uh, one of the tool shows on the 2022 tour. I've got some uh, I've got some OGT Disgustipated Podcast t-shirts that if you guys like the podcast and you want to support me, buy one of the t-shirts. It'll be a great conversational point in line and it'll help me get to see another tool show. And this design is rather limited, limited to as many as gets produced before I come up with the next design for a t-shirt. I've already got a few things in mind, but I've got to work on them. So these are a limited run, the OGT Disgustipated Podcast shirts. I've got one. I know Tom with the weather has been wearing one. And guys, if you, if you don't want to pick up a t-shirt, just remember to like and subscribe. Circular motions on that like button. Sensual. Sensual. And on to this week's Disgustipated segment. I'm Disgustipated with projections someone online said this is why maynard hates his fans why for for analyzing his art for wearing silly outfits and steampunk glasses goggles all of these are projections and i would say he certainly hates judgmental pricks that say things like this is why maynard well, whatever, you fill in the blank. I would say that Maynard hates people for their preconceptions. I would say that Maynard is also a curmudgeon. I would say that he's got his own struggles that he deals with, you know, as far as, like, uh, he must keep reminding himself to not be the way that he wants to be naturally sometimes, you know, your temper or your outlook. Maynard hates fame. Well, guess what, little buddy? You sold your soul to make a record. And dipshit, then I bought one. And that gives me the right to analyze this shit. And I'll analyze this shit out of this enigmatic band. This fucking amazing art that you've gifted us. There was an interview with uh, the AV Club. They ask, Do you feel out of touch with your audience? MJK. Maynard James Keenan. For the most part, I have no idea who these people are. Especially when you're traveling through Europe. And it's not all our fault. It's a whole series of events. You play heavy music and your record company, which has never owned an album, anything like what you're doing, immediately markets you to the obvious stinky kid with the dreadlocks and the B.O. and the urine on his shoes because he's been sleeping in his own filth in a festival in the middle of the rain. They basically market right to that guy. And you realize the only people showing up to your shows are these primates. These weird cretin people. Then let's say you're at a coffee shop and you've got a friend sitting next to you. And you've been reading some Noam Chomsky or you're reading The Onion. And you look over and you see a bunch of kids who look like they could be made of cheese because there's flies everywhere. And you go, hey, you want to go where they're going? And everybody goes, fuck no. And they're wearing tool shirts. Why would you want to go there? Why would anybody other than those kids want to go see Tool if that's our representative in your area? He also says in the same interview in regards to the album debuting at number one, 
Oh, yeah, absolutely. Believe me, I'm absolutely delighted. I'm absolutely surprised and grateful that there's a lot of people out there that get what's going on. But, you know, I'm the negative Nancy. Curmudgeon. Glass half empty with a leak in it kind of guy, which is basically the fuel that fires me up anyway. Without that, we wouldn't have me. And right there, he says that he's a negative Nancy and he has to chase away those thoughts. But before that, right before that, he's also shitting all all over the stinky dreadlock guy that's sitting in the festival rain. And Maynard used to be that guy. I don't know about sitting in a festival, but he looked pretty stinky on stage. <laughs> but he, he had that skullet, and he looked kind of ridiculous, and he'd wear pajamas on stage and stuff. He looked like a madman, you know? And then, the, like, the revol- revolver issue where he has, like, a bomb strapped to him with that handlebar mustache, you know? He's judging somebody that looks insane. So basically, guys, even Maynard must keep reminding himself of this, like the patient. Even Maynard... The authority on Tool's lyrics contradicts himself. Think for yourself. Question authority. He dismissed the stinky, dreadlocked hippie when he himself had a skullet and wore pajamas on stage. But to quote Numa from Fear Inoculum, We are born of one breath, one word. We are all one spark, sun becoming. I'm Jeff. Like, no, I don't want to carry it.